Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. Every single week, we acknowledge a Black creative entrepreneur, businesswoman for doing what they do best. This week, we are putting our spotlight on Tiffany Hunter. Tiffany has released a book entitled Be Kind to Yourself First. This book will help us build relationships with family, friends, co-workers, you name it. Give us tools on how to be better communicators. And also a great reminder to be kind to yourself first. Tiffany, we're super excited for this project. We're praying blessings over this endeavor. Congratulations on your first book. Today's conversation is going to be about abortion. So I have asked a couple of friends of mine to join me. I have Jordan Anderson, Tiffany Hunter, Taylor Melton. We'll all be sitting down to discuss the topic of abortion. What I want our listeners to gain from this is for us to take this subject off of the ballot. And what I mean by that is that this conversation is not charged politically. There is no political agenda pushed on this episode. We are taking this conversation out of the political realm and we'll be speaking on it from from the heart of the issue. My prayer and my hope is that this is an encouragement to everyone that is listening. This particular episode is dedicated to women who have went through with abortion and even those that are thinking about having the procedure done. We want you to know that we are holding you up. We want you to know that we are praying for you. And once again, I hope that this conversation blesses you. So here are some moments from this topic. All souls belong to God. God created us and he he knew us intimately before he placed you in your mother's womb and to have to go through that process it's sad and I I, I want people to be real about this in this life sad things are going to happen Traumatic things aren't going to happen. I don't know why people think like, oh, if there's a God, why do bad things happen? It's because sin entered the world. Amen. God's desire was not for this to be. But because of our disobedience, we have issues like this. And I remember God showing me this, um, this particular young lady. I had a dream and God speaks to me through dreams. And this particular young lady had, um, was pregnant. And God showed me the baby girl's 
look, showed me the baby girl's name, and a lot of intimate thing about this baby that this woman had. And I, I kid you not, this was God. This was God. I had seen her maybe a week or two later, and she told me, I'm pregnant. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I know what you have in. I know what the baby name going to be. Like, I, I know it. God showed me. And, I was, and like, inside, I was super <laughs> excited about this baby. And Ooh. she was like, I think I'm going to get an abortion. And she said it just mm. like that. I think I'm going to get an abortion. And immediately I was just like, oh, dang. Like I was, I was sad. I was sad, y'all. Cause I seen this baby. I knew the baby's name and her, for her, you know, for her reasons, she chose to get this abortion because she couldn't afford another kid or just didn't want to be a mom twice or whatever those cases were. But I was so sad. We need to get to know who Jesus is so we can understand purpose. So we can understand like what it, what is it? What does it mean? Like, even though you're not excited about this pregnancy, is there still a possibility is there still something that you can work through? Um, Tiffany, can you share your experience with Tiffany's a mom of this the cutest little girl, the cutest little girl. Please share your experience about being a mom and how that was for you. Sure. How that is for you. <clears throat> um, so, you know, we have our plans and God has his. And it's best when we say, God, I surrender my will and my plans for yours because yours are going to prosper. They're not going to harm me. So I had these plans of, okay, there's a certain job that I would like to have. There's a certain number of bedrooms in a house that I would like to have before I have a child. And I remember feeling so ill-prepared. They say you're never ready. But, you know, listening to other people's testimonies, I was comparing my journey with theirs. Like, Mm. At the time that I got pregnant, it wasn't a, we've had the family planning conversations. We both sat down with a doctor and said, this is how many kids we would like to try for. Like, I thought that I needed to go through that regimen. And because I did not, and because there were things I wanted to accomplish before she was born, I felt irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Here I am, married, grown, capable of doing what grown married folks do, and feeling like, well, because of the choices that I wanted to make, I didn't think that I was going to be giving the my daughter the best that I wanted to give her. And so for that, I felt irresponsible. So um, my first ultrasound appointment, you know, I'm sighing and just like, oh man, like I wanted to do more for her. And, you know, this is before I knew what she, what she would be. And the ultrasound, um, tech had said, oh, um, I hear you sighing. Like, what's going on? Let's just stop for a second and talk. And I told her everything as I explained to you. I have these holes I wanted to reach. Haven't reached them. I'm irresponsible. And she said, okay, well, you know, there are options. There is abortion. There's adoption. And I thought to myself, those might be options for someone else, but they're not options for me. 
This woman is doing her job, so I'm not going to light her up for suggesting those two options to me. I'm simply resolved within myself of, while I might not feel ready, this is happening. And I feel it would be better for me to get on board, ask God for strength and grace to go through this, than to say, you know, I think I would rather choose the more convenient route of let me reach my goals first. Let me do these things first and then I'll be ready to have a child. So we talked and ultimately she said, you know, well, children within the first several months of their lives, they don't need a ton of living space. Your child is just going to need somewhere peaceful, safe to sleep. So, you know, get the bassinet, crib, whatever you need. And I remember laughing and thinking to myself, I can do this. And within a few moments, they, they show me a child. Yeah. The size of a chili bean. And I remember thinking, I can see her little heart beating. And I just thought, I can wait, but I can't wait to meet you. Mm -hmm. I want you. I will always want you. And while I might not feel ready, we could just do this together. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. That's okay. That was my experience. Three at-home pregnancy tests in denial. I said, I need that blood test to just further confirm that this is really happening. That test came back and was like, yeah, you're pregnant. You You got HCG in your blood, like you're pregnant. So this girl will be three years old next month. And Mm. I cannot imagine what life would have looked like without her these last three years. I don't know if I would have had the fire to do the things that I didn't even know I would accomplish had she not been here. I mean, I think it's okay to be afraid. The reality of it is is everyone gets afraid. Where do you take your fear? You know, if you're taking your fear to the right place, Mm-hmm. God, God's going to deal with it. You know, he tells you to be anxious for nothing. He tells you to bring your fears, cast your cares on me. You know, when you bring the Philippians 4, 6 and everything, bring your, bring your, like your, your worries and your fears and your anxieties yes. and with prayer and supplication, you know, he hears you make your request known to God. He hears you. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says you need to worry about this. Like he's like, chill out. Like, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Do you know the power that I have? Mm-hmm. And do you know the power that I give you? I gave you power to speak life and death over a cir- over your circumstances. Like, you have the power to accept or to cast down things by his spirit that's within you. Like, yes, the fear comes, but at the same time, it's like, that's the enemy trying to come towards you. And it's just like, I know who my God is. And he's bigger than all of these circumstances. And it's like, you know, when I have these fears and I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I can't do this, it's the reality, like, you're right, I can't. But in my weakness, there is my strength. Exactly. Right there. And then having, like I said, having that community of people around you, because you're not supposed to be alone. You know, Kendra already know that Ecclesiastes 4 9, that two are better than one. Like, you got got somebody to go to battle with you. Make sure you have that church, the people, the church, the body to cover you. When you're, when you're anxious and you're afraid and you're like, I don't know what to do with this, 
make sure you have that army, that body around you to say, I need you to pray for me. And you like confess, confess your sins to one another so you can be healed. That healing, that not mm-hmm. sitting in shame, that not sitting there is going to bring that healing. It's going to bring that community. It's going to bring that favor over your circumstances. Prayers of the righteous availeth much. Come on, James. Like, period. Like, it's right. there's so much stuff to counteract this fear, and it's all in His Word. It's like, you know, how are you fighting your battles? Prayer with the with the Bible, with you know, with worship. You know, there's times where I, even I like I feel so afraid. Like when life shifts real quick, fast, and in a hurry, I be having to sit myself down. Like, well, how am I gonna fight this? What am I gonna do? And I. I I automatically want to play surrounded because it looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God and he's going to fight these battles for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it depends. Like I said, if you're taking your fears to the right place and you have your believers around you, that body of Christ around you to hold you up. Like, remember that, that story in the Bible where he's like, had all his friends bring him down so he could be healed. They didn't open yes. up. The, they opened up the the palsy. Then opened up everything right. down. Where your friends have to carry you to the Lord to, to help you stand up. And in that, he, mind you, in that same story, he didn't sit there and say, oh, you're healed. He said, your sins are forgiven. Isn't it better for me to just take, pick your mat, mat up and walk? And in that same situation for them, right. like when you're going through this, there's grace, there's mercy, there's forgiveness to overcome any type of shame or guilt that you may have experienced with this circumstance. And that's why it's important to bring it out and to acknowledge what's going on so you can have that freedom. Because God don't want you to sit there. Right. Whether you're going through the circumstance or it's already happened, don't sit there. Yeah. Your sins are forgiven and pick your mat up and walk. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And and that's the thing about it's like when you when women some women they have this fear. Like they get they they get the scripture of you know about other things and and people tell them like where they're going to go and how, how bad they are for doing this. And by no means do I, w- I would want any woman to have to choose to do this. If it's, if it's not a, a situation to where it's going to like kill them in birth and they need to have that procedure done in order to save their life, you know, that's one thing. But it's when you have that fear, we don't talk about that enough. So Taylor, thank you for bringing that because it's not, it's, it's it's a it's another facet of this issue that some women are scared. Mm-hmm. Some women are pressured into it. How how many of us have heard of a dude telling somebody, "Well, you know, this baby gonna mess up your life. You want to be a model. You want to do this and do that. You should just go ahead and get an abortion." I know I have friends that have been pressured into getting an abortion. And the trauma, the spiritual trauma, the mental trauma, the physical trauma. And we don't talk about the fear that they had. We don't talk about the loneliness they experienced. It's, it's It's a whole lot to this. It's a whole lot to it. Jordan. Yes, ma'am. You are just such a jewel to God. I got an amen right there. You're such a jewel to God. 
And there are some things that you've been through. Um, and I, I, I believe someone needs to hear. I believe someone needs to hear. And we would just love for you to share um, what's on your heart. Absolutely. Um, Tiffany, first, I just have to say your testimony is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. And I thank God for that. You, like, it just filled me up. Just sitting here, it filled me up. Um, I found out I was pregnant last September. And as soon as I found out, it was one of those moments. I just, I, <laughs> my husband and I, we had just came back from a little trip and I noticed I was eating things that I wouldn't normally eat. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just take pregnancy tests just to see, because can't, ain't no way, ain't no way. I took that pregnancy test, that thing popped positive, And I'm not kidding, less than a minute. Ooh. And I said, uh-uh, okay, I'm gonna take another one. I took four tests, <laughs> all less than a minute. <laughs> so I, I went and I grabbed my husband. I said, I think you need to see this. We celebrated, we were both on the floor crying, just calling out to God saying, thank you. And like, I knew in that moment, I, I can't get rid of this child. This is gonna be my baby. This is gonna be mine. And you know, we're going through the process. We kept it private um, for the first trimester. Like many, like if you have an older uh, woman in your life, she'll tell you, you know, um, keep it quiet for a little bit until you get out that first trimester. <laughs> um, so we kept it quiet. Then we made our announcement. We were so excited. We had support coming from family and friends. And it was just so fulfilling. Um, we went for our anatomy ultrasound and the technician, she kind of paused for a moment. And you know, when they pause for a long period of time, you're kind of like, okay, what's going on? What's wrong? Right. And she said, well, you know, I thought I saw something, but I don't want to say anything until I'm sure. And so I was like, okay, you know, well, just let me know. And she was like, okay, well, after we're finished up here, can you just wait in the lobby for me? I want to make a few calls. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So we waited. It was like 30 minutes. And I remember, like, that time went by so slow. So slow. It felt like an eternity sitting there. And she came and she grabbed me and my husband, and she told us that looked like my cervix was open and so um you know i was like okay so what does that mean like what what can prevent like what can we do in general she said, well um what we can do i can set you up with an appointment and you can go see a specialist who knows everything about this area and um we could do that so i took the appointment right away i was like you know i'm keeping this child I don't care what's going on. I'm keeping this job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we went, we drove all the way out to Roseville. <laughs> For me at the time, I was a far drive. Still mm -hmm. is. Um, <laughs> still is. <laughs> um, 
but we drove out there. I was so determined and he told us, yeah, you know, your cervix is opening up. He prescribed me some medication. I started taking it. Um, and we went to our next appointment that very next week. And he said, everything's looking good. You're doing great. It stopped. So, you know, I go out and I'm praising God. And, you know, I had a dream about a young boy. And it was like the timeline was going backwards. Mm. I saw his whole life in reverse. Mm. And I never told anybody that. I told my mom, but like, I just kind of pushed it to the side because I didn't know what it meant. I was just like, mm, you know, one of those, <laughs> like one of those intrusive dreams. And I went back for another checkup another week after. They were doing weekly checkups at this time. And I was having trouble walking. I was in pain. And what I did not know was I was a centimeter diabetic. Mm -hmm. We got into our appointment. The doctor, he, you know, very gently told us what was happening and said that I would probably be going into labor within the next week or two. At this time, I'm like 22 weeks pregnant. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, this is in your hands, whatever you want. I'm like, you know what's best at this point. So he, the doctor, he gave us our options. He said, we can either um, keep you here, but you know, that'll rack up the bill. We are like, we, we don't have that. And so he said, we can either keep you here. Um, we can send you home. You can wait it out and come back. Or we could just go ahead and terminate. And so, you know, in my heart, I was crying. And I didn't want to show that emotion in the room because I wanted to make a sound decision. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, my heart was screaming, just go home. And so we went home. I was like, if I can keep him till Saturday, if I can keep him till Saturday, it'll be good. They'll be able to intervene. Everything will be fine. And my son was born that night. We, like literally a couple hours after we came home, I went into labor and I had to drive or my husband who drove me. And it's okay. Just take a take a breath. You're okay. So we get to the hospital. My water hadn't broken yet. And I'm in extreme pain. And my doctor, she's kind of looking at me with this look. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> what's that about? And she was just like, no, you're, you're, you're fine, but you seem like you're in too much pain for where you're at. And I was like, okay, so what do we do? So she gave me some medicine for my IVs and 
I instantly opted for an epidural. I did not know <laughs> what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, my water ended up breaking and I just began to lose so much blood. Like, mm -hmm. and in that moment, God said, I've got this. Everybody around me was panicking, running around, boom. And I was just so at peace. I said, Lord, you got it. You said you got it. I'm all right. And so when my son was born, my husband, he was like, please, can you just take him? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we can see him. And he was, you know, pleading with the doctor and, you know, the doctor looked at me. I said, I want to see him. And so I held my baby boy. He was born with his hand on his heart like he knew. And I thank God for the peace because I would not know what I would do if I had to make that decision for him. Right? I don't want to make a decision that I will regret. And though it was a painful experience, <clears throat> physically, mentally, it was painful. It still is painful. Yeah. But I know that the Lord has plans for me to prosper me and not to harm me. Before all of this happened, I received a, a word from a prophet. <laughs> Sorry, I live right on the street. <laughs> but he told me that my son would be a prophet to the nations. That he doesn't know um, what it was going to be about, but he was going to be more than just a cute babe. What I didn't know that it would be his story mm. that would prophesy. And I thank God that I had, that he gave me the strength to speak on from early on. Yeah. And that he just gave me the peace to know that all things are working together for the good of me. For I love the Lord. He cultivated this whole situation to bring me through a moment in time where I thought I wasn't worth something as amazing as a baby, as a child, my own flesh and blood. But um, I say <laughs> this whole story, this whole experience really spoke to me because the Lord, he came to me in the darkness of what was happening. And he told me, I've got I just thank him. I thank him because I know that when my time does come, yeah, it's nothing to be compared to. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jordan, thank you so much for sharing.
It's not easy to, oh, I couldn't imagine what it's like to lose a child. (sighs) Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Um, Y'all. Woo. Gotta take a breath. <laughs> I know. I need to t- take a breath, take a sip of water, something. Um, to a woman that is in this situation, to a woman that has already gone through this and is feeling the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment. What do we say to her? God loves you. God forgives you. God has grace. All of those things. But I also think it's important, even though we know that, there's still a space where we have to like forgive ourselves too. Mm-hmm. And um, there's freedom in not sitting in the shame by yourself. Yeah. Kendra can attest to this on how many James 5, 16 moments I've had with her. And it is an ugly cry, snot nose, real thing, but it brings so much freedom. Right. So much freedom, so much healing. There is so much release in your tears. And God sees all of them and he, he's crying with you. Like, identifying with the Good Friday Jesus where he's sitting, you know, and going through the suffering, God suffered. God suffered and he knows your suffering and he knows those feelings and having somebody to, I guess, hold that hope for you from that Friday and, and like until you're ready to resurrect on Sunday, until you're ready to get up because it's okay to, to sit in it. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. God gave us all of those emotions because he feels them yeah. and there's nothing wrong with them. But there is space for healing and it's, you know, you're there, but just don't, don't stay there and have those people around you that can, um, that can hold you up. Like I said, I've been so thankful to have somebody like Kendra who can hold me up in the moments where I've been in some really ugly, dark places, some, some real bad places. And it's not to say like, you know, by James 515, that confess your sins, that ain't just confess your sins to everybody. You know, it's 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 to that close them close people that you trust that are not going to condemn you, that are going to pray for you, that are going to hold you up. Them friends that's going to bring you back to Jesus so you can have that your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat and walk. That that's what you have that for, and it's still a process. It doesn't happen overnight, and sometimes it's not a. It's, the enemy tries to bring back that familiar spirit, and so it's, you know, reminding myself that I already laid that down. I already gave it to God. I'm not picking it up no more. Because it's going to come back sometimes, and you might feel that sometimes, and it's reminding, like, the enemy, I don't I don't stay there anymore. You trying to deliver to an address I don't live at. Like, there's, there's nobody there. Like, I'm putting that down. I'm leaving it down, and I sometimes got to forgive myself over and over again mm-hmm. and that's going back to that scripture about how many times do you forgive 70 times seven like that's every day that ain't even that ain't even over a lifetime that's every day of re-forgiving circumstances situations yeah. or you know whatever that looks like to have that freedom and like i said having that support system and remembering the truth of what god says because it's not our opinion it's his truth it's his word and if he said you're forgiven if he said you're healed if he said that my grace is sufficient for you 
then trust that word. Trust to believe that that's what it is. And he didn't make you to be alone. He's with you all the time, but he also gave you people around you to fight yeah. battles with you and for you when sometimes you yeah. can't do it yourself. That's right. Amen. Amen. What do we say to these women? You're not alone. Um, community, like Taylor said, is so important. Don't surround yourself with extremism. Amen. Do not surround yourself with solely opinionated people. You have to have some kind of scripture, some kind of fact to back up why you're feeling or to help bring out why you're feeling this way and to solve that. God is there with you. And he's going to carry you through. And it'll be okay. He's got this. Amen. He's got it. Amen. Tiffany? I would say that your faith in God has to be louder than the voice of shame. It has to be louder than the temptation to remain silent and to isolate. If God could love Barabbas, the criminal that was chosen over Jesus. Why can't he love you? (laughs) Right. And if God can love you, why can't you accept that love and forgive Mm -hmm. yourself? So similar to what Taylor was saying, um, to tag on to that, as often as you, as often as those thoughts come to your mind, the memories whether you have had the abortion or if you simply thought about having it, forgive yourself yeah. over and over again. Um, remind the devil, hey, like I don't, I don't live there anymore. <laughs> you can break into that house if you want to, but it doesn't bother me because that's not my house anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't live there anymore. Um, definitely ask God as far as the community that you're supposed to be in, where you can be completely honest with how you're feeling. Yeah completely honest with the thoughts that might've come through your mind, even if you didn't act on them. Um, The more you internalize your thoughts and feelings and the shame, you're just gonna lead yourself to an implosion or an explosion. Um, Maybe you might not be able to tell your friends, but maybe you could find a really good therapist. Maybe you might not be able to confide in your family, but maybe God will give you friends that become family. Amen. But whatever, whatever lie the enemy has told you, God has an infinity amount of truths, if I can say that. Yes, you can. It's exponential. I went to school. It don't matter. You know, I can, I, <laughs> I can sound silly because I'm human. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> However many lies the enemy has, just know that God's truths are greater than that in Amen. number and in Amen. To a woman that is in this situation, trying to decide whether or not she should go through with an abortion, to a woman like this, I ask you, do you dare to trust him? If it's 
I don't want to have this baby. I'm not ready to have this baby. I don't have support. I don't have love. I'm fearful. I don't want to be a mom. Do you dare to trust God? Because he takes care of the sparrows. He takes care of the flowers in the field. What more? How much more will he take care of you and your child? Amen. Amen. He takes care. He makes ways out of no ways. His love... His protection, his peace, and the fact, like, I, like I'm going to bring it back to what I said earlier. You, <clears throat> including the seed that you have, did not accidentally sneak into this world. But God spoke you because he loves you and he wants you. I dare you to trust him. I dare you to trust him. And even, not just those women, but let's speak to those those that have lost their children. I dare you to trust him. That he will show himself as God even when we don't understand why this happened. Especially when we don't understand and that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing, Tiffany. We always want to understand. We always want an explanation. We always want God to answer me right now. But even when we don't hear him, even when we feel like we're alone, mm-hmm. I dare you just to press and to trust. And he will show himself on your behalf. Ha. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Taylor, do you mind praying out? Sure, I got <sighs> Heavenly Father, thank you for being present with people like with us here today. God, I just thank you that you are here for us. You are a provider. You're a healer. And you show up and show out every time. Even in the moments where we don't understand, we have to be still for a second. Mm-hmm. God, I just, I thank you that... You give us peace and you give us wisdom and understanding and discernment. I thank you that you give us power to speak life over our circumstances. I thank you for the community that you have for us and that we are not alone. We are with you and we have a church body that we can reach out to. I thank you just for being who you are. Because even if you do nothing else, you are more than enough every day, every moment, every second. God, I just ask that you cover and keep everyone on this Zoom and everyone that's out there listening. And I ask that you speak to them and you give them eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive this message. And I ask that if there's any other people out there that have questions, concerns, that they have a space to seek you and to know you and have people that can speak life over them when they can't do it for themselves. Yes, Lord. I just thank you, God, for everything that you're doing and everything that you will do and everything that you have done. And we just praise you and we honor you. And I declare and decree this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Oh, all right, y'all. That is the word for the week. I pray that this was a blessing to you. I pray that this was enlightening to you. I pray that this really helped someone. And um, if you know someone that's in this situation or someone that needs to hear this word, y'all go ahead and share it. Um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And we have... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Giving God's truth is the word of God. We have had beautiful testimonies today. So I applaud you ladies for being bold and courageous um, because somebody needed to hear this. A lot of somebodies needed to hear this. So let's continue to hold one another up, love each other, um, share the word of God, pray for one another. Um, and let's do that. Let's just continue to do that. All right, y'all there. Um, for those that are listening to this, I just want to tell you that I love you. There is nothing you can do about it or change my mind about that. I, I, I pray that everyone has a wonderful rest of the week. Be blessed. Be blessed.